0: You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese. so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Greetings, Traveler! You have been recruited by Stargate Command to defend the galaxy against the gowold System Lords. Stationed at a secret Phoenix site, you now embark upon your training with the Stargate program. Each adventure through the Stargate opens a journey to known and unknown worlds where the future of civilizations may be decided. Your decision to join the cause is greatly appreciated by the Tari and the people of Milky Way Galaxy. And welcome to Tabletop Arcane, this is Justin, and today I'm bringing you a final review of Stargate RPG coming out by Wyvern Gaming. Now, this is a something we covered back in beta. We also had our interview with Mac Martin. We've talked about Stargate a couple times. It's been a little bit since that. And now the game is ready to launch. They are going to be launching at Gen Con 2021, as well as backers are getting their copies in the... PDF format at this point, whether this is a game that you've already backed and already were interested in and want to know our final take, or are hearing about the buzz of Stargate and want to find out more, we've got you covered. If you want to get the Stargate RPG, it is a $59.99 US RPG book, clocked in at about 369 pages, though some of that is full art pages, some of it is credits and index, so about 350 is a good number of content in this book. So first impressions, I cannot give a first impression on the physical book itself, but I can give some impressions on the contents of the book, and one of the big things I want to comment on is you have a beautiful cover looking at uh, the Stargate and kind of showing that the Phoenix team, and this is not your traditional Stargate SG-1, we have a couple unique aliens and some different looks to the Stargate itself, but... Then the layout of the book has this nice pretty backgrounds and and details hidden throughout it, whether it's the DHD page counter, whether it's the sidebar with including the Phoenix site logo, and the rundown of where you are in the book at any given time. But one of the things I do enjoy is the fact that the text sections kind of come off as boxes to stand out, so you're not usually fighting reading the text and separating it from the layout, which is a very smart design to incorporate a lot of love in the book to the look of it, but still be able to have it as a functional resource at a gaming table. Stargate the RPG does run off of a modified 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons open source system, so if you're familiar with the 5th edition rules, this will be very easy for you to get into. Uh, if you're not familiar with the 5th edition will set, that is okay, too. They have everything you need to know right in the book, which is also a big, big plus. One other big first impression I had is there is very little assumed knowledge in the book. There, If you are a 5th edition player or a Stargate fan, there's going to be stuff that you're going to probably skim over more than actually deep dive read because you already know the history of the Stargate program or you already know how to make an ability check. However, I do encourage you to read all of it because there's little tidbits and, and fun things throughout the entire book. And whether it be just a slight modification to a system or a little call-out here and there, that's what I liked about it. Let's talk about the things that this does well and sets it apart from other modern gaming systems and other games of this 5th edition type. So, one big thing that Stargate the RPG does is it's designed to work as a television show format game. High action, limited, like each session should have its little scenes and then kind of be relatively tied up by the end. And they do a wonderful job of trying to figure out how does a session, episode, scene, series, season, all those things kind of blend together. How do you incorporate them? One of my big things that I like that changed a little bit, and this is something that I had issues with the prior prior iteration of a Stargate RPG. The class system is only used for the first five levels. So you kind of have groundwork and focus for your first five levels of your character. And then you're kind of given a carte blanche to a la carte feats to customize and build. And this gives you a bigger strength of character development. If you actually are a fan of the show, the characters grow and change and evolve. And it's really hard to pin down after a couple seasons, who really does what? Uh, Daniel Jackson starts as a ne- nerdy, geeky scientist. But as the series goes on, he picks up more combat abilities. He picks up more snark, uh, probably from his interactions with Jack O'Neill all the time. And all of that kind of comes into this fact of, like, his early season one stuff is that first five levels. And yes, he's a scientist, and that's kind of what he does, and he's kind of in that box. But as the seasons continue and the series grows, he grows outside of that little contained box, removing the limitations of a class system does that in an RPG. And I've always been a fan of classless RPG systems. So it was a big thing for me to see that in here. Another big thing that they did during this book is they added a modifiable die called the tension die, which since sets a little bit of uh, levity to extreme danger, and there's a lot of mechanics that will just say, Oh, add the tension die to this roll. And the tension die could be anywhere from a d4 to a d12. And sometimes, you know, you're adding a d12 worth of damage, it's a lot more scarier than d d4. So you can change that mechanic from scenes to episodes to the series. And when they talk about the gate mastering, how to set up uh, arcs, they really do dive in a little bit into that and that was something that was a little bit light on the beta version of this book but in the final version it does came a lot more forward and was a lot more clear to me as I went through it big major thing is because it is a not a fantasy setting and it's a modern day slash sci-fi setting there's some uh, things that needed to be added there was, and if you are a fan of the show there's a lot of diplomatic scenes, there's a lot of research and development and science scenes. It's interesting to watch a show of characters trying to figure out a, a mechanical puzzle or a scientific puzzle. It doesn't really translate well to a tabletop RPG. However, they do have the ability to create some of those and make some checks and say, okay, this is the check you made for this research and development, so this is the result of it. And kind of like, okay, it should be taking taking about this much time. And all of this kind of leans into this, like, here's the light mechanics of it, so that there's some game framework around it, but ultimately you're just trying to tell a story, and we're trying to make sure that you have the tools available to you. Uh, likewise, things like gunfights and the range of combat has definitely exploded a little bit larger, and you kind of have a firefight field map, which is a lot bigger space, because guns and, and energy weapons can kind of fire a little bit further away than most DD fantasy-based uh, artillery and range weaponry can. For those melee characters who want to get in with a knife, staff, uh, club, whatever, you can always scale it back down, or if you're in tight corridors or a base, you can scale it down and it works. So it's just one of those they gave all these options of how to make this work with the context. One other thing I was a really big fan of uh, is just some slight modifications to the system, like your initiative and or your moxie. Uh, Moxie being a new thing that they kind of added to it, which is more of a social initiative opposed to a uh, combat initiative. But either one of them are using a best of two stats opposed to, well, you have to be a dex-based character if you want to go fast in, in a turn order. How to handle sneaking, how to handle convincing or diplomatic style of encounters, how to deal with space and zero-g and all of these other sci-fi elements that are just not existing in a fantasy-type setting. And that's where it uses the bones of the 5e network, but actually expands upon it in some ways that I'm actually probably going to be lifting and using... Retroactively in some D&D games of my own, too. They do have some optional rules about tech levels, because we are talking about the Stargate universe, so we have everything from primitive, medieval societies that we can encounter that are stuck in the Bronze Age, even, to high-level, you know, out-of-this-world tech that is beyond our ken of understanding. So they put tech levels on these things. Now, an optional rule, and I kind of like it, is the ability to kind of give uh, vulnerability or resistance based on the tech level, so low tech level armor is not going to stop an energy bolt pretty much at all so having the ability to kind of make that up, now it is an optional rule, they actually call that on a sidebar which is actually really nice to say, hey this is a thing that we intended, but if you don't want to use it please don't feel free, uh, don't feel necessary uh, that you need to use that so I, I appreciate those callouts and those slightly different aspects that we can choose to put in there. Other things that, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons always have an add encumbrance and your characters and your loads, and they treat it with a little bit nicer finesse and simplify of like, based on your equipment, this is the amount of bulk you can carry, and these things cost you X bulk, and it's just more of a blanket generalized setting opposed to trying to figure out the exact poundage and do I have enough? Am I overencumbered? <laughs> Tied with that... The simplified uh, weaponry, I've seen this in many RPGs where you get a giant list of firearms because it's the modern age and we want different stats for every firearm. It overly complicates things and one of those beautiful things about the 5 P systems, it tries to simplify everything. So, by simplifying everything we're looking at, you have long arms and you have side arms. And a long arm, that could be a P90, that could be a MP5. Like, it's just going to be a generalized, this is a long-range weapon. You can put different uh, specialties on it, whether it has an extended clip, whether it has a burst mode or automatic, and they have those rules. But generally, they all kind of do a kind of a blanket damage, which was a really nice plus, opposed to the giant piles of weapon charts that you are typically seeing. One other thing I did like, it came a little bit later, and I would have liked to see it a little bit sooner in the book, but it was the optional use of classless. So I said at the beginning, you have five levels in class typically that's the way you build a stronger character and that's just how mechanically it's built but if you really want to build a character that's like three levels of like a little bit of everything you absolutely can and they have options to do that which is fantastic. Origins is a system I actually do kind of like because you pick two pieces of Origins and it can be uh, one from the biome list so kind of the environment you are from your background which kind of gives you a little bit more personalized detail And then there's some racial options, and you pick one, you pick two amongst the three lists, and you just can't pick two different biomes, for example, or two different backgrounds. You have to pick from uh, two of the three lists. Nice little flexibilities, because they're, compared to the D&D backgrounds, they're like half backgrounds, so you kind of pick and choose, and you can have a little bit more flexibility um, with that, and I really, really, really like that idea. The last big piece I want to call out that this book does very well and I tip my hat to the uh, team at Wyfern and all of the writing that they had to do to make it work. This is a, you know, let's say a round down after you cut out some uh, full art pages and you cut out uh, credits and things like that. About a 350-page book. And that's a decent size RPG book. Big thing about it is almost a hundred pages are background lore and story. I cannot say how awesome it was just to sit down and read through all of that. It's introducing you to characters because Stargate Phoenix is kind of not existing in the Stargate universe, so we had they had to find a way to carve out a little piece of universe that they can kind of uh, sandbox play with. So it's a secret beta site that. The SGC does know about, but not a lot of people know, and in the SGC even know that it exists. And it deals with the fact that you have the different allied races of Stargate and the Tauri connected to it. So you can have Tok'ra, you can have the Unas, you can have the Jaffa, and kind of more of a melting pot sort of base where, yes, it all falls under Stargate command, but all these other species and races are living there. And there's a local town called Haven, and there's delegates and emissaries there. And this program brief talks about all of that, and gives you examples of who some of these NPCs may be that you want to incorporate into your game. What the world is like around you, and what I really appreciated is this is also where you add a little bit of levity with some notes from um, SG-1 characters. And you have things like their uh, Phoenix Team 1 characters making little side comments and sidebars. So it just feels like a document that you would find laying about the site. does not really assume you have any knowledge, and it's one one of those beautiful things of... It goes into the History of Stargate program up to Season 6, because that's uh, the timeline that the book is set at. And it kind of talks about, oh, here's all the events uh, that have led to you know the war with Apophis... Then we talk about Ball, and we talk about Anubis, and we talk about all these other major villains and, um, and heroes within the groups. But it's mixed and blended with the new content that is made for the Stargate RPG game, and I really, really, really can't stress how much I love that. There's an entire sidebar paragraph for the gate dialing procedures that's written from a Tok'ra, who is the gate operator at Phoenix site. And it's interesting because just to have that character's voice come through in just a few paragraphs. Likewise, the head of security has a different tone and different voice in it. And I think that was one of the most impressive things to come out of this book. Adapting the system is one thing. But to take a IP and to go through and add all of these little nuanced things, including to fit all these characters in the already existing universe, to make it feel unique and organic at the same time, is amazing to see pulled off. One thing that, you know, as as Game Masters, I would highly recommend reading through this because I was inspired for all these different things because there's random artifacts that the Phoenix Team 1 has found. There's other things that have come through um, or just reports of these planets or reports of like a Stargate command team like uh, SG-7 found something and they never really did anything with it. But here's a couple paragraphs that give you enough of a seed of a story and to give you that kernel to grow an episode out of or to grow a couple episodes out of or maybe even an entire arc. Likewise, when they go into the allies and adversaries of Stargate Phoenix... I love it because you are looking at, here's the ones that already exist in Stargate SG-1, the show. Here's ones that we're adding to the mix that maybe were not mentioned, and even one of the ones that were mentioned, but maybe it's a background character that really only appeared in a handful of episodes and didn't really do anything in the show. Here's some more details, and here's some way, you know, inspirational ways to leverage that character or villain in your game. And that's where it does a fairly very good job of setting up those kernels. So a couple of critiques that I think I can bring up. Layout is pretty good. The feet section is a little cumbersome to look through at least on the PDF level. I think in a physical book it would be a little bit easier mostly because they're subcategorized and it's important to do those subcategories because each of the classes kind of has like a small list of feats that they get to pick out of as they go through those first five levels. But then, that's not the only feats that are kind of broken out. So, it was just one of those, it was kind of hard to go through that list and you know, going back and forth trying to find like, okay, well, if this one has this prerequisite, okay, I need this ability, or I need this other feat, now I have to find that other feat. It was a little rough navigating to figure out some of those connections, but it's ultimately kind of a minor issue I have with it. For the most part, the other thing I would say is the art is well done throughout the book, but it is a blend of computerized model art as well as um, traditional art. In some areas, it works very well, and other times it just doesn't quite fit or feel like it belongs. On The one notable example most of the scenes are that traditional art style, but there's a few of them that are not, and they're more that computer models, which just doesn't seem to convey the same emotion from me. Now, that may just be my take in the art, and art is very, very subjective uh, for people, so that's just my take on it. I would have preferred to see some of those computer-wise ones being more done traditionally. And if you wanted to do the models for gear, an example, those never really bothered me. It was just the the, the action scenes, like the uh, door breach, for example, was done as a computer model, and it just felt a little uh, out of place for me. Overall, final thoughts, Stargate the RPG by Wyvern Gaming, I believe is a wonderful book for people who are looking for a sci-fi based RPG. Fans of the Stargate universe, fans of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition that are looking for something that is a familiar system but not fantasy, this is a perfect fit for those individuals. I'm really interested in seeing the, uh, the audiences that pick up this book because um, Stargate fans are going to see it and go, oh it's a Stargate thing, let me get into that and might be introducing people to the RPG hobby for the very first time, and I think it's a wonderful example of how to do that in a very concise um, book. And if nothing else, they have a lot of lore, a lot of extra stuff that they can really just enjoy as, as fans. Those that may not be as interested, is if you're not interested in fi- uh, uh, sci-fi at all, if you're not interested in Stargate, this book may be a harder sell for you, as it, as it is an IP product. Now, it may also come into the sense of, if you're not a fan of the 5th edition system, this book is going to be rough mechanically for you as well, because it's just taking the 5th edition system and adding a couple extra systems to it uh, to make it mo- uh, work with a modern setting and modern uh, options. So it doesn't change enough of the bones to make it feel like a different system. Now one complaint about the 5th edition system that I have seen is the restriction on characters being very limited options. Definitely don't feel as true in Stargate because of the separation in your uh, backgrounds, biomes, and racial uh, issues, as well as the difference in only going through five levels of a character and then having the floodgates open on you. Both of those I think, address some of those 5th edition concerns. So, as long as those were your concerns, I do have, I do recommend looking at this book. That all being said, I look forward to running games of Stargate SG-1, the role-playing game for Wyvern Gaming, and hopefully, maybe one day, I'll see you across the table. Thanks for listening. This has been Justin from Tabletop Arcanum with a review of Stargate the RPG by Wyvern Gaming. If you like our content, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as YouTube. You can find our content there. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit those notifications, leave us a comment, if you will, because we do enjoy seeing uh, feedback from you. And as always, happy gaming. Listening to Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening.